Well then, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So those uh, readings today, huh? They're quite something. That opening one from Jeremiah is a very interesting one. Uh, Jenny's little introduction there uh, in the bulletin says, Jeremiah condemns Hananiah for preaching peace while God has exiled most of the people to Babylon. Um, It's interesting because we don't really get the full picture here in this reading this morning. So right before this, God tells Jeremiah that a part of his prophetic message is that he is going to wear a yoke. If you guys don't know what a yoke is, they would put these over their beasts of burden, so oxen typically, to then pull things, right? Um, But it's also kind of seen as, uh, as a way for you know, a way of slavery, that, uh, that somebody's burden is placed on something else. So with Jeremiah wearing this yoke, this would be the burden that Babylon is going to be placing on the people of Israel. But yet Hananiah comes in and says, that's, that's not going to happen. That's, that's not really going to happen. I mean, it's going to be like a max of two years. Jeremiah's response to Hananiah's message is, I hope so. I hope you're right. I really do. But right after this reading that we get today, Hananiah breaks this yoke that's on Jeremiah's back, to which God responds by saying, all right, now it's not going to be a a yoke of wood. It's going to be a yoke of iron. Then we move over to our gospel lesson, And we hear Jesus, not proclaiming words of peace, but saying, I'm going to bring division. I'm going to set moms and dads against their kids, mother-in-laws against their their daughters-in-law. If you like your kids more than you like me, you don't deserve any of this. You have to bear your cross, which always remember the cross, while it is a, a, a symbol of hope for us, is an instrument of torture. And then Paul comes in and he says, here's this law. This law comes from God, but the law has made sin known to us. Sin used God's law. You know, all of these lessons come from the lectionary, and I like to use the lectionary because that's just a helpful way to kind of organize different pieces of Scripture Because I'm not choosing it, it gives me kind of a challenge to kind of come up with a message, think about things, and try and find a way to apply it. Usually, these three pieces match up together. But today, they're pretty confusing, aren't they? We get three different pieces of scripture that are very, very challenging. And as I looked at these more and more and more, what I realized is that These three pieces of scripture are challenging us. They're challenging our assumptions and our preconceptions. So what we have thought of before, these pieces of scripture are pushing us to think again. They make us reflect on the old ways and the new ways. When we turn back in our Bibles all the way to the book of Exodus, we see the people of Israel in slavery to Egypt. You're all very familiar with this story. This is probably one of the most famous stories from Scripture, where Moses then comes in and takes them out, 
and leads them then over to the promised land. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens in between, but God said that he would rescue them, and he did. He brought them out of slavery and brought them to be their own nation. But then we, took to, we turned to a book like the book of Judges, and these people just continually fall away and get worse and worse and worse and worse. The ending of the book of Judges is, quite frankly, disgusting what these people do because of how far they have fallen away. What's God's response? Well, if I were God, I would have just been like, I'm done with this. I don't want anything to do with these people. They're too far gone. But God's response is actually to turn them into a prosperous nation. This is what we see start to happen as we go through Samuel and the beginning of Kings. But that's the old way. Now's this time as we look at people like Jeremiah and Isaiah and all the other prophets. Now's the time for exile. God's not delivering them this time. He's punishing these people of Israel for how far they continually fall. And this time, he's allowing the evil Babylonians to take them. When we look over then at our, our gospel lesson, what the Jews expect is this militaristic leader who's going to kick the Romans out and then bring in back a, an age of peace and prosperity for the Jews, that they would return to being a glorious nation. But that's not what Jesus does. They think that he's going to be a person of peace and prosperity, but what he says is quite the opposite. What I am bringing to you is going to bring division, is going to divide even entire households, is going to divide people against each other. And look at how he does it, how he does it to his own people. Look at how Jesus, a Jew, and other Jewish people react to him. He goes to these impure people who are afflicted with various diseases, and he heals them. Remember those lepers who were cleansed? Those lepers were outcast because of their impurity, because of their disease. But Jesus heals them. He goes out of his way to a woman caught in adultery and saves her from people who wish to stone her. He no longer teaches the old teaching of an eye for an eye. He teaches now to turn the other cheek. We're not to be people of vengeance. We are to be people who are meek. This is not the guy that we expected. And then when we turn to Paul, what we hear from Paul is that living only in the law has only brought death. That sin had used and abused the law and used it to bring death to us. And that's the old way. The new way is that we have been released from the burden of this law. And so really that's the thing. These changes are, are good. And I'm not saying that the, the old way is always bad and I'm not saying that the new way is always good. But as Nancy very wisely led our children's message this morning, things have changed. The old ways to pay for sin were to, to offer sacrifices. And it wasn't just a, you know, a sheep out of your herd. It was supposed to be the spotless lamb 
a, a pure, a, a basically a, an animal that is so valuable to you. The genetics in this animal would produce a great herd, but you are giving that animal to God, saying, I trust in you more. Those are the old ways. No longer do we need to give sacrifices like that because he has given the sacrifice for us. This is the new way that he overlooks the law that was really hanging over our heads and and causing us to be caught up in guilt and shame. And now for the sake of grace, the law has, has been taken care of. The new way is that God pays for our failures. And what I always will continually find so wonderful and joyous is that it's not just for those of us who believe have our sins been paid for, but all sins have been paid for. That all have been released. And those who then hear this gospel message and go to God with, with faith are then welcomed into the family. And even that, God blesses us with that faith as he calls us by his word to hear how all sins have been paid for by Christ, to then receive this grace, to then be made new. And so that means new things for us. Are we to go on sinning so that we can keep enjoying this grace all the more? No. That's, that's not how it, uh, how it works at all. What happens now is that we continually put this, this cross everywhere as a symbol for us to be constantly reminded of our salvation, of the new life that we have been given. We go to Jesus, we go to the apostles like Paul, we go to the prophets like Jeremiah, and we hear their words and we understand how these things have all played together to bring us life. We don't ignore the words of Jeremiah, but rather we hear them in the lens and in the idea and in the knowledge of Christ. But also, many other things change for us. No longer do we fear death, but rather we hope in life. No longer does my sin terrify me. No, I now live in grace. And I encourage you to, to seek these ways as well. To look at Paul and the apostles, especially in Romans. We're slowly walking through the book of Romans here in the lectionary, and Paul does it so well in Romans to explain how, really personally, how he has transitioned to see the law. How he used to observe it and how he now observe it observes it, excuse me, because of Christ. And you know, this, this has continued, these exact teachings. I've been slowly working through a couple different writings of Martin Luther. This is the exact same thing that he has to say. That, yeah, the law still has its value, but I'm not under the law. I am under the grace of Christ. The law has its place, but I stick to grace. But thinking about this more and more, this is something we have to be really careful with. As we look at the state of our church, we actually now see the opposite of what Paul saw, the opposite of even what Luther saw. Paul saw sin take advantage of the law. Luther 
saw sin take advantage of the law. So that people were getting caught up in their own works and thinking that this is what I have to do all this stuff to be righteous. Rather than seizing on to grace and saying that my sins have been paid for, so I am released. And now sin is using the gospel and abusing the gospel. Instead of condemning sin, we see sin permitted everywhere. That's what's happening in Jeremiah. We have another prophet coming in who's just preaching, well, false words, but words that those people want to hear. We see many churches out there who, who ignore the truth of, of the gospel and even of the law to appease mankind. So we're still caught in this awful tension. Do we stick with the old ways? Do we go to the new ways? And really, it's a balance of both. And that balance takes a lot of wisdom. When we look at our sin, as we have already done already in this worship service, we go to God acknowledging that we have sinned. We have fallen short. And so we confess our sin, and that we also confess that we deserve punishment for our sins. But yet, for the sake of Christ, God, forgive us. Release us from this. We understand that we are not forgiven so that we can just do whatever we want to. We're forgiven to have a new life. And this new life is a life that is driven by the Spirit to balance these old and new ways. Notice how we have not thrown out the law. We still greatly value the law as it's put in the Ten Commandments because as Christ has summarized it and as I like to summarize it even more as Paul has summarized it, the commandments are simply to love God and to love your neighbor. It's for the benefit of people that we follow this law. But we also do not allow sin to run rampant. But yet at the same time we go out of our way to love sinners, to bring them God's grace. And you know what? Well, if you haven't realized it, this is really hard. This is not easy to do. It will always be a challenge, but this is why God has blessed you with his very Holy Spirit, who guides you in wisdom and in truth, that you aren't left alone to try and figure these things out on your own, but yet you are blessed by God himself, with God himself, but then also in a church with brothers and sisters, with people who are now a part of your new family in this new life. As we all walk together in Christ with God in wisdom, helping one another to figure this out. And so in this new life that you live, you're, you're caught in the tension of, of sticking with some of the old ways and taking on some of the new ways. But I encourage you, don't, don't get caught up in that. But rather focus on this new life caught up in God's ways. That we live according to his will. And what is God's will? God's will is that his name would be kept holy that people would be forgiven and released of their sins, and that we as his children would love and serve, that we would be his presence of love and service. 
But this means that we flee from guilt, that we stop ourselves from getting so caught up in our own guilt. This is one that I desperately need to work on. If you're anything like me, sometimes you just kind of beat yourself up because I know better. Why am I letting myself do this? But now in God's ways, in this new life, we, we get caught up in the purpose of the law. That as we hear it, if you remember your catechesis, we use the law as a curb, a mirror, and a guide, right? So now in this redeemed life, we use the law as a guide for how to live as God's children, to love God and to love our fellow humans. We must not get caught up in the ways of old or new, but get caught up in the ways of life won by Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen.